0: The music part. <laughs> that, that's the exact music we use. welcome I'm Stephanie and I'm Bryn and we're two writers who have a lot of questions
1: so to answer those questions each episode we're inviting a fellow writer to talk about their work
0: and other stuff welcome to shitty first drafts so today on the podcast we have Samantha Edmonds, who's one of our um, pals.
1: Another pal. Yeah. We're so lucky
0: we have such good pals. We have so many pals. <laughs> Sam, that's, <it's>
1: that's it. That's <laughs> it. The end. Um, Sam is a fiction writer, um, so she has brought some fiction for us uh, today, and we're just really excited to talk about it.
0: Our first fiction writer. Our first fiction writer.
1: <laughs> but also <laughs> our <two>. second podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, and Sam is an animal lover, so she's very excited to be with our cats. So if we're a little bit distracted, it's
0: because we're admiring the beauty. Mm-hmm. They're our silent, kids. silent. Uh, podcast partners. Yeah. We couldn't do it without them. Honestly. Truly, the moral support. Mm-hmm. Okay, the backbone. So
1: here is Sam's episode. Samantha Edmonds is the author of the fiction trap book "Pretty to Think So," forthcoming from. Selkuth Station Press in 2019. Her fiction and nonfiction appear in such journals as The Rumpus, Mississippi Review, Black Warrior Review, Hayden's Ferry Review, Lit Hub, and McSweeney's Internet Tendency, among others. She serves as the fiction editor for Doubleback Review and the community outreach director for Sundress Academy for the Arts. She currently lives in Knoxville, where she earned her MFA from the University of Tennessee. She'll be starting a PhD in creative writing at the University of Missouri in the fall. Visit her online at www.SamanthaEdmonds.com. Ooh, that's so legit. <laughs> yeah, you're leaving us, which Welcome. is why we had to get you on the podcast oh, yeah. before you go. Welcome
0: to our podcast, Sam. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yay. We're excited to have you.
0: Um, so, um, because all of you are really big fans of our podcast, you've hung on for two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we don't need to explain the premise, but the premise is that Sam has brought in two pieces for us to read today, mm-hmm. um, one of which is older. We'll see how much older. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of them is more current, more polished, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to kind of talk about the drafting process.
1: Yeah. So, um, Sam, talk to us about the early drafts that you brought in. When about were you writing it? What kind of like place in life were you at? Um, you know, What part in your educational journey were you at? All that kind of stuff. So give us like a little snapshot of who Sam Edmonds was at the time.
2: Um, I was an undergrad when I wrote it. It, um, I think I must have been in my senior year at Miami University. Okay.
0: Um, and, and that was?
2: That would have been 2014. Okay. Maybe yeah. maybe I wrote it then.
0: You, ha- you knew everything. Yeah, I was the <laughs> smartest kid that I knew and <laughs> the best I'm writer, the best in, writer in the world.
2: <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I, I was writing it then. I remember, sort of, specifically, we were writing it at like this little writer's retreat at a cabin. That was on campus um hmm. that like undergraduates could rent out for the day for like retreats and stuff cool. so we cool. used to rent it out and just like bring a bunch of snacks and our laptops and do like little write-ins and i remember writing it in the cabin with all my friends
0: that sounds really cool we should do that yeah it was, it was <laughs> really fun <laughs> it was just for any student though it wasn't like for like writing specifically no it was for writing we it was- rented it um i was in sigma tau
2: delta um, as a the English fraternity the English
0: fraternity yes yeah, so
2: it's not it's not a sorority it wasn't even like really Greek um but it was for English majors as you an weren't undergrad. really Greek <laughs> I know it was a lie well. um but like so like that that club or like rent that organization rented it out gotcha. for the day yeah. for for Tau members right
1: cool it was cool so were you writing this then for um just for fun or was it like for some kind of assignment that you were working on? No, it was just for fun. Okay. Um. And what is the title? The or what was the title of the piece? Uh, it was called Moon Song. Moon Song. That's right. Okay. Okay. So you're a senior in undergrad. You're like having fun with your friends, writing the story up. What did you think of when? Like, what did you think about the piece when you first finished it? Were you like, this is the best piece of literature? Or, <laughs> I'm a brilliant you know, person. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember being,
2: I think, pretty proud of it. Like, it, it is in a lot of ways, it's my, even though it didn't survive in this form, which we can talk about later, mm-hmm. it is one of the few pieces from undergrad that even continued to mm-hmm. be, like, revised and worked on. Um, and I think I see in it a lot of the writer that I became mm-hmm. and am now, like, yeah. I was just becoming. So, like, even though it's garbage and... <laughs> um, <laughs> And it had... Don't talk about my friend that way. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But, you know, I remember being proud of it at the time. And I do think it was, like, it was my first, like, real attempts at um, the lyricism that I would come to really love and study and utilize a lot in my Mm -hmm. short fiction. And it was also the first time that I'd ever written about space, Mm. which I went on to write... um, an entire like space themed short story collection uh, for my thesis at my master's program. So,
0: yeah. so at the time, did you go straight into your master's program? So you were like, as a senior in college, you were like, I'm about to go get my MA. I'm a rock star. Yeah, you, you I went were through. you were serious about writing at that point. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, if only we all had such confidence. Oh yeah, it I makes didn't. me a one trick. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I had
0: literally no idea what I was up to. You, what you My call senior confidence, senior I call <laughs> blinders. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I call one trick pony. No other marketable skills. Absolute focus. <laughs> I would. You I, could. Yeah. You could turn that into like a very impressive CV, like. I'm very focused. Um, uh, I have yeah. a lot of skills, including only focusing on one thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't
1: let <laughs> yeah, like I me mean, I mean, I got it Like a, she was the first pick <laughs> at a PhD program. Yes. And they're like, ah, yeah. oh, this person.
2: This yeah. person doesn't have a life.
1: <laughs> they are obsessed with the same things we're obsessed with. Yeah. Well, no. That, I think that's really interesting to hear because it definitely was for me. Like, it wasn't until I had an English professor who wasn't even a creative writing professor. He was just like a lit um, liter- literature and rhetoric kind of did both. He was one of my favorite professors I've ever had. But he was kind of like, so grad school. And I was like, huh? Like, I had no like I had no idea that that was even something like humanities people did. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting to hear pe- different people's trajectories with that. Right. Yeah. Well, so um, do you want to go ahead and read a selection for us? This isn't the full version, but right. um, just to give us a little insight into what this first piece or first draft of this piece was like. Yeah. So how long is the piece? Um,
2: it's about eight pages, so it's still short, I think, for a story, but yeah. it's long for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about 2,500 words, so I'm going to just read the last like two and a half pages.
0: Okay, do you want to set up yeah. a little bit at the
1: beginning? Yeah, give us some context. Yeah,
2: so the, the general idea of the story is that... Um, it personifies the moon, which I didn't know as the all-knowing undergrad that I was. <laughs> that that was a tired literary move. But yeah. um and it's about a man who falls in love with the moon and decides to like find her. So he like is like gonna climb a mountain to like get up <laughs> to the sky. Mm-hmm. And it alternates in this draft, it alternates between third person man searching for the moon third person moon watching the man like find her Mm -hmm.
1: um and there's a sort of third aspect with the insects inside his head can you talk about that a little bit
2: yeah that was um yeah he's got like a ringing in his ears that he call. yeah he calls it like the insects buzzing in his head and he's like sort of looking for the moon like hoping that they'll be quiet um and then like the stars sort of talk to the moon i think in a kind of similar way
0: Mm. There's a lot happening. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the
2: insects in his head until I was, like, rereading the old draft for this podcast.
1: I was, like, trying to I – w- I thought it was interesting, and it definitely felt like a move that you make where you make it, like, it's, like, a little bit of magical realism. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, oh, yeah, this sounds like a Sam piece, mm-hmm. but I wasn't quite sure why they were there. And so it was interesting to see in the, like, later drafts that they – it's a different – it's a less, like – personified's not the word I'm looking for, but, like um, – he still is searching for something because he's like trying to cure something about himself.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Heartburn. Heartburn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, heart, spoiler alert. <laughs> but it,
1: so it's like he still has like he's still a man with some kind of ailment. Um. But it was just interesting to see. Yeah, I was just curious about the insects.
2: Yeah, that was, again, just, like, I was exploring, like, lyricism yeah. for, the, like, one of the first times in my writing, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is so fun. What and if he like, has Jim bugs in his, and his head? i yeah. like, but what does it mean? And I'm like, if you don't get it, you just don't get it, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was code <laughs> for
0: I don't know what it means. <laughs> it just sounded cool. like the spirit just moved me to write this, yeah, and exactly. I wrote it. The okay. muse.
2: All right. Okay. So, and I'm going to read the last three um, or so pages, um... And it's gonna open with a moon section, and then the next section will be with the man, and he's like already sort of gone on his journey and like is finding her. The moon knew that she was an illusion. They all looked to her for guidance. She knew that too. The stars did it, the people did it. Everyone looked up at her, sitting like a period in a well of black ink, the only sure point in the night sky. Not everyone could read the stars, but anyone can recognize the moon. But what they frequently forgot about her was that she didn't actually have any light of her own. She was merely a reflection of the sun's bright rays from across the universe. They said she could pull the tides, but she hadn't even realized she was doing that. And if it was true like they said it was, then why couldn't she pull them all the way up where she could have, where she could have them here beside her? The craters in her surface resembled a sponge, and a sponge was what she was, absorbing things around her, giving it back when pressed. Nothing was actually her own. She grew into herself, smaller and smaller, and ceased being the period, the end of all things, that they had assumed she was. Now she looked like a comma, and she sung her song to tell them that she was not an end, but a divider. But they didn't hear her right. They said that she was yet the means of joining things together, but really she knew she was breaking things apart. She tried to communicate this with her song, Who am I, who am I, who am I? But no one heard, and even if they did, everyone only said, you are perfect. For herself, she knew she was not like a comma and not like a period at all. She was the world's biggest question mark. The man was very near to her now, he thought. He had been climbing for many nights now, so many that he had lost count. There was nothing else in his world but the mountain and the insects and the moon. He was within a night's hike away from the clouds, through which he still could not see the peak, and he could not wait to see her, the moon he had chased for so long. She had grown smaller as he got nearer, and what he saw presently was but a sliver of that original roundness. The man did not mind because he thought that he would fit perfectly in the curve of her now. He passed through the clouds like a man in a dream. For a moment, this meant that the moon was blocked entirely from his view, and he pushed on through the fog, unafraid. He was certain of this journey. He was certain that she was exactly what he wanted. He was certain that he knew her, even though he never knew that she sung and sung every night, and he couldn't hear. It was by now a particularly cold night in November. The insects buzzed louder than ever, and he thought they must be excited, too. They were meant for soaring, after all, and outside his head they could never have gotten as high as he had now brought them. When he broke through the nebulous, he expected her to be waiting for him but he tilted his head back to an open blank sky as black as despair and she was gone. The stars would not tell where she had gone if they even knew and anyway he would not have been able to hear them over the hum of the insects even if they tried. The man wrapped his arm around the mountain's peak and shouted and shouted but he could not hear himself and he wondered if he was actually making a sound. I wanted to love you always the man said or thought he said but she was gone disappeared swallowed by the blackness that had always surrounded her. He had climbed all this way to be with her, and she was not even here. There was only the night and the bugs in his brain. And so the insects buzzed, and the moon was not, and the man sobbed. The moon was, of course, still there. She had known all along that this would happen, that one day all this light would leave her, and that she would be rendered invisible by the darkness inside of her. She had sung and sung and sung, but still there was darkness, and still she shrank. The stars still shone as brightly as ever, and none of them missed her. They had all looked up to her and aspired to be more like her, but in the end they could do what she could not, burn for themselves, of themselves. She was not even her own and was in no position to lead anyone. She did not even know where she was going. Still, she felt responsible, and she could hear the man calling for her, and so she tried to sing a song for him, but he wasn't listening. She was right above him, and he still couldn't hear her. You think I shine so bright, she said, though she knew he wouldn't understand. And you loved the way the clouds danced across my face. But what you saw wasn't me. I am not what you think I am. I am not where you want me to be. And I am not yours to keep. That which you look at and love is not actually me at all. It is easy to love a guiding light in the darkness, she said. But could you ever love a lost black rock hurtling helplessly through a blacker galaxy? Okay, that's the end. Nice. Thank you.
1: Yes, thank you.
2: Throwback.
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so um, if you can think back to when you were drafting this piece, what did you have a goal in mind when you were writing it? Were you trying to accomplish something, or was it more just like play? Um, I think what
2: I did a lot as a young writer, which I think a lot of young writers do, is um, – write I would write myself into everything that I wrote which mm-hmm. still happens even in like more experienced writers and um, widely published writers there's always that like germ of of you and mm-hmm. your fiction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like I'm speaking specifically to fiction right because there's right. a different relationship between speaker and poet and like of course speaker and a nonfiction mm-hmm. writer but um, in fiction, there is this great chasm that, like, sometimes feels small and sometimes doesn't, and I think, like, usually the mark of a really young writer is, I'm like, this is you, though, you know, (laughs) when I read my students' writing, I'm like, okay, (laughs) and I was doing the same thing, um, you know, when I was, when I was young, Um, and I wrote, so, like, I would write myself into a lot of these things, so, like, I would be like, this is how I feel mm-hmm. so this is obviously how the moon feels right yeah. and then, so she's like asking all these questions because like you know I was in college right. college is coming out. to an end yeah. and I'm like who, who am I and like everyone is like this person is so cool I'm like nine, no, I can't do it you know yeah. and um and so I I know that that's pretty you know like it, it's I think it's pretty obvious too like you know this like it's like this allegory or this metaphor right. yeah. and it was not subtle right like that's another thing that I struggled with as a young <laughs> writer is like subtlety <laughs> and also like distance um yeah, like authorial sure. distance um so like none of that is present in this piece it's just like yeah. me on the page like freaking out and <laughs> feeling your feelings yeah I'm yeah. feeling my feelings and I'm like but it's fiction yeah, yeah yeah I
0: tricked you because it's actually the moon you know
2: <laughs> um Yeah, and I
0: I talked about that with someone last night. Um, I was at a party (laughs) um, with some college students. Um, (laughs) Oh. Anyway, (laughs) a couple of them are writers, and um, I was talking to a girl, and she was, like, telling me a story about how one time she had um, taken mushrooms and then watched Planet Earth or something. Uh She watched, like, a whole thing about pandas, and okay. she said that um, she learned things about pandas that like she learned that they like poop all day and they eat bamboo even though their like stomachs can't process it, which is why they just have poop so much, but they just love eating it. And she said that she laughed so hard for like thirty minutes and then she started crying because they were so stupid. And then she was like, and then I wrote a story about it and called it fiction. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the end of that long story. Yeah, and then I was funny. like, Yeah, I remember when in my first fiction class, a guy wrote a story about how he was on drugs and he climbed a tree, and like learned about life, and and then he was different. And I was like, This actually happened to you. Like, don't even play. Yeah. yeah. Also, that's a Benfold song. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I. That's funny. I because I, I feel like like fiction writers maybe yeah they start about writing things that are like. Thinly veiled stories about themselves, and right. then they grow out of it.
0: And then uh, poets are the people who never grow out of it. And I like, feel like I grew I get into away it. With this. Yeah. <laughs> when I first started writing, I was writing things like, like all my characters were very not me, but yeah. maybe they had like my internal voice. Sure, yeah. But now I'm writing like more of me and like my family into like weird characters. Yeah. I don't know.
2: And I think that's what you should be doing. And like, you know, I'm not to say that like, experienced fiction writers don't write about themselves it's just that um, like I think it can be done with a little bit more finesse because like absolutely like the things that are still like that's still where stories start for me is like Mm -hmm. if I like I have a feeling or a question or an experience that I want to make sense of um, and then so I'll sort of write towards that experience or that feeling or whatever it is to try to understand it and so it definitely still comes from you know whatever I am like going and you know like working out you know um i just think it has i'm also not as tied to that right right i also want to tell the story mm-hmm. um so i can put a little bit of distance like so like the story might not at all look like the experience that made me write the story it's just like the feeling that started it will permeate right. so like i write a lot about like you know relationships or mothers and daughters or like mm-hmm. all the you know religion like all of these things that i'm always working through and talking about but i'm also not just like having
0: my feelings in front of right. the right. The, yeah. Well, and even if page. you are writing it, you recognize that it's a draft, like right. on the first sit down and you're yeah. just getting it all out. You're like, I'm just feeling this out and it's not going to end up in the final, you know.
2: Yeah. So I think that absolutely, you shouldn't like grow out of it, right? Yeah. You, um, but I think that you just get a little bit better at pulling in this like, not pulling in, like you don't feel as obligated to what actually happened, right. right? Like, yeah, you know, like a lot of times when you read, like, not that this was autobiographical fiction, right? Because it was like a moon story, right? It was like a fable. You but, are a moon. You know, when you write these things. You know, they'd be like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why would this character do this? Like, they, you know, like, they should yeah. do something else. And then, like, the undergrad author is like, but this is how it really happened. And yeah. I'm like, well, it has to make sense in a story, even right. if it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense in real life, right. and it doesn't make sense. So, like, yeah. fix your story. Right. Um, and I think that that's what happens, is, like, they can still start with this place of truth, and then they move on to, um, to a, you know, like, to the, the fictional. So their, their that obligation comes to the fictional mm-hmm. realm and not just their, like, sadness. <laughs>
1: So when sense. you did you, when you were writing this piece, um, did it all come out sort of at once? Like was it a very quick process, or were you kind of laboring over it a little bit more? And did um, and is this the the one you just is that like a polished version of the first kind of round, or is it a fairly early draft?
2: I think that's probably a fairly early draft. Okay. Um, and I think it did come out like pretty quickly if I can remember right. Um you know I think I probably wrote it in like one long weekend yeah um I can't I can't remember even now um the proper conjugation of the past tense sing (laughs) like to sing yeah is it it's sang and then sung Mm -hmm. like which sang like we like right we sang or we have sung Mm -hmm. is that right yes I think so yeah and so right and I think I'm questioning everything whatever it is I did it wrong the entire draft right right? like so it'd be like very guilty it would be like the moon sung and sung and sung and then like I finally workshopped it and somebody was like it's like no the moon sang and sang and sang and I was like oh wow yeah Um, and I was reading that and I'm pretty sure I was saying sung the whole time, so that makes it a. Might it might even be the first draft, Prior no revision, workshop, yeah. because mm-hmm. I did eventually revise it to say "sang." Yeah. Um, before I revised it to like not even have those <laughs> singing parts in it, but so I think that. That's
0: a good marker of, like, yeah. where I was because, like, no yeah. one had
2: read it yet to tell me that I don't know how
0: to yeah. pass conjugate verbs. Yeah, yeah I don't no. know how to I congregate. mean, that didn't happen to me in grad school. Never. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have had some embarrassing typos before. Right. You bring it to workshop and you're like, this is great, and they're like, you're done. Yeah. Do you
0: even... How many English <laughs> degrees do you right.
1: have? So many. So many.
0: Um. So you said that this was kind of the first in a long line of, Things you ended up writing about space, and space has been a topic that you've been interested in. Um, what kind of other space stuff are you writing? I'm curious yeah, about it. Or how did yeah, start, how did that like, grow? What,
1: what brought you in? Why, why space? Yeah, that's a great question. Um,
2: I'm not writing a lot about space anymore, um, though I still very much live in this sort of like sci-fi realm. But but in my first master's program at the University of Cincinnati. I was only, like, writing about space, and then that is what my thesis ended up being is a short story collection of stories called A Preponderance of Starry Beings. Um, <laughs> and I really, I think... Space... I appreciate what space can do and that it can make you feel small and also big. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and so I think that there's just, like, a th- lot of thematic... Things available to me, like mm-hmm. a lot of thematic material when I'm, when I was writing about these space themed stories um, that like were really helpful. So like I would have a story just set completely on Earth but the character would be in a you know, like an astronaut or like an right. astronomer or right. something. Right. Um, there would be
0: knowledge um, of like people in space. Right.
2: Um, or like sometimes I would write way more science fiction stuff. So like there'd be like children living on a spaceship or like an alien crash landing to, to Earth. And so there's also a lot of like things that I could do with these stories that were mm-hmm. like just on a plot level that mm-hmm. were still like spacey um, <laughs> or space themed. Spacey. Mm-hmm. And, um, comma Kevin. Oh, too soon. So, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> mm, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think that was part of it. It's just like the thematic things it offered me and I was just really interested in it. You know, I just like yeah. watched a lot of, um, speaking of maybe too soon, I watched a lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> Cosmos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I loved him because back then I was, it was okay. It was we didn't fast. know we did. what we, we know now. Guys, we um, didn't
0: know. Star Trek, know. Trek is still good, right? Yeah. Yeah. We watched Star Trek.
2: We liked Star Trek. I did love yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. And there's
0: some Star Trek stories in the, <laughs> yeah, for in sure. the manuscript
2: for sure, um, <laughs> as you all know. But yeah, so it, it just like grew naturally out of a pre-existing interest that I had. Like I've always liked science fiction. I've always liked space travel science yeah, fiction definitely. specifically. And um and then also when I was writing it, I was like, wow, like look, like I can do. Like the universe is open to me mm-hmm. if I'm writing about the universe. Quite yeah. literally, yeah, yeah. I was very excited. About it. <laughs> right. I was like, it could be on Mars or it could be in Minnesota, yeah. and no one can say anything to me because it's all space. Yeah, yeah.
1: totally. Well, so that kind of leads me to another question: Were you also reading a bunch of other writers who were dealing in like space and sci-fi, or who who was it that you were looking up to at the time?
2: Yeah. So not not for not for fiction but I but I was reading like I read Carl Sagan's yeah. books um mm-hmm. and Neil and I was watching Neil deGrasse Tyson's remake of Carl Sagan's show like I said um and I was like following a bunch of astronauts on Twitter uh, so it's just really <laughs> in your yeah yeah you um, just surrounded and I was just it. like amazed at, at what we didn't know and then what we did know and like how it all worked and um, did
1: you go cuckoo bananas when the black hole picture came out? Recently? I did go cuckoo
2: bananas. <laughs> yeah, I would have gone even more cuckoo bananas if it had come out, you know, like two yeah, or three years ago yeah. when I was yeah. working on this. But um, but yeah, so like that I was like just absorbing a lot of like science material. and then, but as far as fiction writers that do that that write in these veins that I, you know, that I really admire, like Italo Calvino has um, an absolute amazing collection called Cosmo and that's one of my earliest and biggest influences um and the first story in that collection is called the distance to the moon and that um like that influences all over this piece right um especially in the like form that it well that it finally appeared in yeah um and like that story is about like these people who like take a rowboat out on the lake and then like Mm -hmm climb like put a ladder against the moon and like climb up to the moon and like <laughs> take the moon cheese mm-hmm. um and then like the moon moves away and like one of them still stuck up there and like, you know and so like it's this awesome story that I just loved so much and um so that was one of my earliest like space influences is a telecom you
0: yeah. know um so let's talk about the new piece um yeah. why did you revise it was it were you trying to send out the first piece or did you just like revisit it and we were like this is kind of cool let's make it something better or
2: something.
0: I um I did send it out
2: a lot um in my master's program like I had revised it since I was an undergrad um I think I'd even workshopped it at the University of Cincinnati um come to think of it but um and it wasn't getting picked up mm-hmm. and uh and so I was like okay it's garbage whatever um but I didn't <laughs> like want to let it go and and like the workshop had helped me see like which parts of it were urgent and which parts of it were like not urgent mm-hmm. right and so it um it changed a lot at the University of Cincinnati um, and I uh, I got much shorter you know I went from like 2,000 words to, like, 800. Yeah. Um, which I is just huge. Like, I basically it's just over, took out yeah, all like the boring percent. parts. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, because it was just taking him <laughs> a really cool. long time to get to the moon, yeah. you know? Is that what you mean by
0: uh, the urgency? Yeah. I've never, right. I, I don't think I've ever heard that, or I didn't remember it, but I like that description of, like, what feels urgent or what feels yeah. uh, immediate or something like right. the most interesting parts. Um,
2: And so, like, that's the parts I was looking for. And so, mm-hmm. like, the new draft, or which we could talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. like, um... It begins with him like already at the top of the mountain instead of like taking his got sweet time there. getting there. Yeah. 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 So it got a lot shorter and then, um and it, you know, and it still wasn't getting picked up and, and I just kept kept working on it. I just you know, so I was like part of what made me revise it as pure necessity because nobody wanted it yeah. as what it was for good reason. And you were um, like, This is mine, I will not let yeah. it go. Like but uh and then part of what I kept revising about it is just like there was something in it. That I really did think was like underneath the layer of like undergrad mm-hmm. and experience. I was like, there's a germ of something here that I would like to
0: like regrow mm-hmm. in a different mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and that you want in your like portfolio right. of work.
2: Yeah, like it is in the
0: collection. If the collection ever comes out into the
2: world,
1: <laughs> it will. Um, yeah, I. It's kind of that like um. It, it, well, <laughs> We're gonna edit all this. Uh It's that little. It's that (laughs) adage that I always heard when, like, especially as an undergrad, when I was taking um, fiction classes. And still writing fiction. I would love We're to like, read your fiction. Oh my god! <laughs> I would
0: love that too. Uh,
1: my mom just sent me a zip file with all of my old documents from my
2: parents' oh my computers,
0: gosh. so I think I have some somewhere. We're but anyway.
2: take a brief uh, break.
0: And <laughs> no, man, be back after we read all of Bren's terrible. work. Stay tuned for a future episode yeah. where we dive into all things Bren Martin. Oh, um, um, Bren's shitty first draft. My
1: shitty first fiction. My sh- shitty, shitty fiction. Anyway, <laughs> what I was gonna say is that, that sort of that um like added or I can't think of the word I'm trying to say but like what I kept hearing over and over again was sometimes you just have to write into it and so like you just need to cut the first page or first couple of paragraphs because like that's you just like like getting the bike going like getting your wheels turning Mm -hmm. and then you can kind of cut it so it's interesting to hear like in this piece that for you for this specific piece was almost like over half of the piece was like yeah, extraneous, yeah. and that's
0: where kind of like the urgent part comes in, right? Because yeah. you're kind of just mm-hmm. like farting around until he gets there, right. and you're like, why does he want this? Right? And well, what's he going? It's just a lot of people and... feeling their
2: feelings, and a lot of the moon feeling her feelings. Yeah. And I was like no, like where's the action? Like we got to get yeah. this,
1: and it does color it. And I mean, I think it, you can tell that you thought about all of those feelings um, when you get to the the more polished draft Mm -hmm. and like which is not to say that in fiction like you you can have moments where you're fighting around but not necessarily in a short story if that's what you're trying to do so um well I think why don't we go ahead and hear the new or the the published version of the piece It is as a final of a draft as you're ever going to get, right? When you have to put it yeah. on, you should, online. You probably them. just <laughs> email them
0: some edits if you yeah. 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 find
1: there,
2: anything. There is a typo in it, which drives me insane. Uh-huh. Oh, no. You should email oh. them. Yeah, it is online. I probably should email yeah. them. Yeah, they, it'd, be they really could just pop, pop in, in
0: and, and fix yeah. it. It's this is a note a to everyone. Just email them. You know. Yeah. I've
1: definitely done that before. Um, yeah. Where is it published? Uh, it's at the normal school. And when did it get picked up? It got picked up just this year, um, and it came out March 12th. So, just this year. So, I mean, you've been working on this piece for five mm-hmm. or so years? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's dedication, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, never give up. Always never give up. up. Um, <laughs> Not even on your yeah. shittiest draft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah,
2: and, um, yeah, so, it, yeah, it, did, it just came out this year. I think it, I oh, think yeah, it March, must have been accepted March in, like, March um, like february i mean it was a really really? fast turnaround that's online Um, we'll put a we'll put
1: a link to it oh yeah Yeah. in the show notes for sure we'll put a link to it so okay let's hear the man in the moon
2: um also i should say one thing we didn't talk about um it changed point of views too so it is now first person with the moon
0: Mm
2: -hmm. okay so this is the man in the moon He knew I'd be too large to pull down all at once, so he decided to take me in pieces. He arrived at the top of the mountain with rope and blade, bags and buckets. This close to me, he realized I was not as expected. I was more. He might need bigger buckets, better bags than the 99 cent Kroger Reusables. He was surprised to feel my brightness radiated cold, not hot like light traditionally was, but he found he liked it better. I suppose it soothed the burning in his chest. The man had fallen in love with me on a frosty night in October some time before. It happened when he stepped onto his porch in his house slippers, bony ankles poking sharply out beneath his two short green-checked pajama bottoms. He carried a glass of red wine, which he put on the front step to rub his arms. He couldn't sleep for the burning in his heart. His normal solution to heartburn involved pouring himself a glass of Merlot, putting on Sinatra, and sitting in his armchair until the fire burned out. That night, however, his Amazon Echo had broken, so he meant to take a walk. That was when it happened. On this night, I was full, and the man, perhaps 40, for the first time in his life, tilted his head and raised his eyes to the night. In other words, he saw me. Why now? I'm not exactly new to the sky, He's not exactly new to the earth. But now was the moment he needed something, and so he found it. After he decided to take it, the first piece was easy to get. He threw the rope across my greatness and climbed the braided twine to my surface. With his knife, he cut a silver sliver, a test. It peeled off like avocado skin against fingernails. He hoped the peeling didn't hurt and suspected it didn't, assuming soft things hurt less to lose. He promised with a pat it would be over soon. He kissed my dusty skin. His lips came away flaky with space dust, like dried and crusty frosting. When the man first noticed me, he'd ran back inside so fast he knocked over the wine by the door. He ran to the attic, the highest point in his house, and turned a trunk upside down. He grabbed the old hand telescope that had fallen out, brown and gold, collapsible, surprisingly heavy in his palm. He opened the window and pressed his eye to the telescope the metal cold against his flushed skin. When he pulled away, it would leave an indentation, a ring like a cage around his eye. I suppose I'm easy to spot, the biggest thing in the night sky. He couldn't read the stars or name the constellations, but everyone recognizes me. A few minutes later, he removed the telescope from his eye and, on an impulse, put it to his ear like a seashell. He heard nothing, not even the ocean, which I crashed upon the shore in half-hearted warning. He could not hear, they never do, despite a love of music, the quiet song I sent like starlight through his window. He didn't know me at all, but that didn't stop him loving me for my beauty, big and blinding. He whispered into the narrow end of the telescope, hello, hello, hello. He didn't listen for an answer again, but gazed a long time, far longer than it took the metal to warm against his skin. It is always the same, from staring, pursuing, from pursuing, possessing. Atop the mountain, he filled every bag and bucket he'd brought with pieces of me, a glowing eve to Earth's blue atom. When the bags were full, he attached them to the end of the rope and gently lowered it to the mountainside, scurried down, untied it, brought up an empty other. Soon I was but a curve the size of his first experimental slice, able to fit in his palm, plucked from the sky like a smile-shaped apple. For the first time in his life, his heart burned and burned, and not from something he ate. Bucket by bucket he would take me home to have me, reassemble me so he may admire my light privately. More likely he may consume me instead, swallow pieces for meals that will last weeks, or perhaps gorge himself on my brightness in one sitting until his belly is as round as I used to be, until he feels like he could float himself, until his eyes shine, until my light leaks from his ears and nose and he can hardly open his mouth for fear of filling the room with my stolen starlight. It does not take long to bloom wholeness again. I am, in many ways, used to this. I shrink. I regrow, right there in the same spot in the sky. I wait because there will always be a man, a rope, a blade. Would the man have stopped if I told him he was not the first, would not be the last? Or would he have only smiled, swung closer, knife and teeth and arms outstretched? After all, he liked red wine, routine, and Sinatra but he was not a romantic.
0: Thank you. Yay. Awesome. A much more mature person wrote that one. <laughs> Romantically mature. <laughs>
1: Romantically
0: mature. Oh, Lord.
1: Um, I loved that, the, the specificity of the Merlot and Sinatra, but I did giggle when I first read it because I was like, isn't red wine like terrible if you have a heartburn? I don't know. Maybe it's just. Alcohol. I thought red wine was know. good for
2: your heart. I don't know. It's good for your
1: heart, but I think, like, well, I don't know. Actually. I actually But anyway, I was like, this guy's an idiot. So an well, this guy's an, an, an idiot, idiot yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, yeah, that specificity that kind of gives. And the, that it was like heartburn, but also when you break apart, like, burning, burn and heart and and kind of in, invert right. it. At first, it sound, it, I was like, oh, burning in its heart. That's like a. A Metaphor or something, like right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, know? wait, yeah, right. it's also maybe just heartburn, and he is <laughs> a man who doesn't know like, wants an easy right. way out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, it was really interesting. I read these right back to back, and um, I was interested to see the things that, that you clearly had just pulled from the first drafts, mm-hmm. like that, the frosty night in October, and mm-hmm. some of those moments. Um, and it felt like you had just kind of like made a little, an, a new quilt with using like little scraps from the other right. story. But it felt, feels like a completely new story in a lot
2: of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a lot of ways it is like a, a, a rewrite uh, and there's just some of those like lines
0: or moments or, or nods. Yeah. 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 It seems like it's almost a, a, about something different. You mm-hmm. Like it's it's technically the same sort of idea, like the man trying to get the moon. But it feels like it's kind of gone past what happened in the first story, and there's a little less farting around, like we were talking about. Yeah. A little less of the moon being like, "How do I feel?" Mm-hmm. Um, but it still had. I feel like you, you still kept a lot of that, but it just seemed like more immediate and more like right there on the page instead of like you know having to get yeah. take a while to get to it.
2: Yeah, and I think you're right that it's like about something different, or it's like about more like. You know, it's I think it's much more menacing now. Yeah, maybe right?
0: maybe even something more specific. It's yeah. about
2: something more specific than the first right. one. Like the first one's just like, Oh, you just the moon's just like, oh, you know, this guy just doesn't understand me. Yeah. And like now it's like this guy's actually dangerous. Yeah, you know, like right. in the in the first version. Possessive. Yeah, yeah. Like in the first version, he climbs to the top of the mountain and the moon is gone, but it just like sort of happened, yeah. you know, like it was like the waxing yeah. or waning of the moon or whatever. But in this version he causes the moon's Mm -hmm. disappearance from the sky Mm -hmm. and i think that that's a lot more menacing and a lot definitely
1: a lot more threatening definitely more active too Mm -hmm. he's like a very active participant
0: yeah yeah both um the character of the moon and the character of the man are like, so much more developed, Mm -hmm. and so, I mean, maybe in part because you did kind of work them out a lot Mm -hmm. in your first draft and and kind of use that to help you, like, why would you want to take the moon? Like, what's the real reason, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. I I think it's interesting,
1: the tone, too, like, I think the changing of perspective or point of view did that a lot, but the tone feels much more like, it's it's weirdly patient, especially for such a short story, um, like, flash piece, really, because the moon you get this sense that she's, like, knows it's going to happen, mm-hmm. knows it's going to happen again, knows, like, knows that she will rejuvenate and become, like, have have the new moon moment and then come back and, um, mm-hmm. and is it wax? Yeah. To grow is waxy? Yeah, and then waning is waning. Yeah. So she will grow back again and it'll be okay, but it's just, like, a cycle that will start again, um, and I thought that was really interesting to, like, for her to be so almost detached from her own destruction as he's, mm-hmm. like, talked like, she's talking about the peeling away and She's like, yeah, this is happening. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting. It made interesting.
0: me feel my feelings. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I think the point of
2: view switch does a lot too on that regard. Like, um, I think just having it be I instead of her, mm-hmm. it there's this like, this like, this patience or this detachment, I think also, or I hope also, reads as like a condemnation or like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, this guy comes mm-hmm. up here and he's doing this to me, you know? And, like, I think that that – I'm hoping that, like, that distance, but also she's talking about me. Like, right, yeah. Um, Like, I think that that – it feels like a condemnation of these actions in a way that when it was in – because the change of the point of view is the last change that I made before I sent it out, gotcha. and then it got published. Yeah, right there. Um, wow, that
1: makes a lot of sense.
2: And, like, before it was, like, it, you know, the man – went up after the moon and she blah 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 and I think that it didn't seem as like like critical of the man when it was like he did this to the moon you know even though the moon was sort of personified but then the moment the moon had her own voice it became like a much more um like critical look at what what he was doing and that
0: kind of also subverts the um cliche of writing about I don't know, personifying the moon, but doing it in a way that's not just like, we're looking at the moon, the moon feels things. It's like right. the moon, You sed- the reader suddenly is just like, the moon is a person, <laughs> like yeah. a fully realized yeah. person. Yeah, the moon's in charge of her own. Yeah. Like even though this is happening to her, by telling it, I think she's taking mm-hmm. something back. And like having the moon be aware of her beauty and light and things like that mm-hmm. and not just,
1: I don't know. You yeah, know, it's a f-
0: real comment on femininity. <laughs> this
1: version, the the earlier version, almost um, it reads like a love story, like right. the longing and the,
0: the wrong like time. desire,
1: yeah, between the two, and like in the, the he doesn't get it in the end. You almost like feel bad for him because he climbed a fucking mountain, you know. But he but works it, so it hard. Is like a real, yeah. But it's it a little sad it. too that she, you know, she's still there, and but they can't communicate, whatever. But mm. so, yeah, I think changing the point of view makes it very clearly not a love story, right. or like. It, it is almost like a love story in in I don't I mean I hesitate to use love but like it, yeah it's sort of a critical look at like what it means when men uh fall in love sometimes and what or what they think love is right um and it becomes about like because it does say that he fell in love with the moon and that's why he's right. going to try and collect her yep. um but but what it is love really about possession and is love really about like you, if you have to dismantle the thing you love like does that is that actually love so Ooh, yeah I thought I, I really liked it it was so good <laughs> thank you but it is yeah it's really interesting because it's still called it's still in the it still feels like it's in the realm of like romance and love story but it's very clearly not from especially from her perspective because she's like so not interested she's like Please just let me stay in the sky. Like yeah. let me do my thing. Leave me alone. No, leave me alone. <laughs> um, yeah, which is but but the you're still heartened by the fact that at the end she's like she knows she's gonna come back. Right. So it's not tragic necessarily. Um, Men are dumb. <laughs> okay. Can we put that on the and internet? <laughs> we be, I don't, we, don't know. What? No one's ever said that on the internet and, before. Well, <laughs> be really I just controversial. mean you know how like Facebook mm-hmm. has is like. Um, suspends people's accounts if they say men are trash or whatever do they really not know that yeah sometimes it's it's, nonsense yeah i don't know if it's happening anymore but like i saw a couple of people who now they do like m asterisk N R T R asterisk sh instead of like yeah pretty bonkers
0: Anyway, we we're might cut all that out. We're just having a good time on the internet. Yeah, you know, we're what's just wrong having, with a, having a good time.
2: Stay tuned for my forthcoming anthology, Men Ruin mm. Things. Men Ruin
1: Things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this would be the first piece. Um, cool.
0: Men Ruin Things, number one, the moon. The moon. <laughs> the moon.
1: Men Ruin <laughs> the Let's moon. start. Men Ruin At the, top. the sun.
0: Men Ruin
1: the earth, <laughs> That's incredible. the grass, the trees, the birds, the bees. Did and, I just write a poem? And <laughs> not in the least. Please submit to women. my anthology. The women. <laughs>
2: I will send you my call for submissions as soon as I have it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I'll write
1: it. Um, I actually find that hilarious, and one thousand percent would write a poem. <laughs> called the men, ruin things. I'm only
2: twenty four percent joking about this anthology. <laughs> like, I really don't be surprised if I try to make it happen right. someday. So,
0: if you're a publisher, call me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's. Uh... Oh, I was about to do math. 76 percent not joking
1: my friend and I have had conversations um okay so compared to the work that you're writing currently so because I wasn't realizing this had just gotten picked up so you've been working on it like up until like a couple of months ago um or no well,
2: I I think the last edit was last summer. Last summer, um, oh, okay. I think I, I like, remember it from yeah. workshop. Yeah, I think it was y- this the workshop Bar that we workshop. all do together oh, yeah. that was like put it in first person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I you don't already, that all, it was already a flash piece when yeah, I brought it okay. in. Like, it had already changed a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, this is like the seventeenth draft, um, sure. and it, like and they were like, yeah, like we dig this, but the moon's voice is all wrong.
1: Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah, and
2: that was, that was I think, over the summer, and that was the last edit that I made. So um, it's been maybe about a year.
1: So when you're thinking about, like, the themes of this, so, like, romance and men being garbage – no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Romance so and, like, many themes. space and sci- sci-fi and sort of, like, a little bit – I don't know if magical – real. that's the, the term I always want to use, but I don't know if that's, like, really what applies here. But, like, sort of that, like, um, what – when I think of your work, I always think of, like, there's always, like, a little bit of magic. There's, mm-hmm. like, always, you know, something that's a little amiss, but it's still, like, a real world, but it's, like, but also there's a giant beanstalk, like, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um. So, when you think about some of those themes, do you see yourself as still working in that? Like, when you're drafting new pieces, are you still working in that world, or have you moved on to other things?
2: Um, I'm definitely, I think, still working in that world. Um I'm writing less about space, um, but I think no less in this like fabulous science fiction. There we go. Fabulism. Fabulism. I mean, magical realism and fabulism. I think hold hands a lot. But um, yeah, so I I think um, a lot of my a lot of my fiction um, since finishing the thesis that was the space themed one. Mm like a lot of my short fiction has um, still been really fabulous, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. Like fabulous and um, I have to be careful when I say that. Sometimes it sounds like I'm saying fabulous <laughs> <laughs> like I am so I'm fabulous. fabulous. Um but like so it is in this like magical realism vein mm-hmm. and like a fair like but like a more fairy tale mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. And then like almost the you know like Again, it's still sci-fi, but a totally different turn is like the novel that I've been working on, and some of the like essays that I've been working mm-hmm. on in nonfiction mm-hmm. are still very much sci-fi, but they're not like the aliens sci-fi. They're like um, robots and technology, mm-hmm. and, like mm-hmm. AI. Mm-hmm. So like I'm still I'm all, I think I'm always orbiting the same and within the same like sphere, but it sometimes looks a little different. So it's not not always space anymore, but definitely. St- still magical and or science fiction. Like I've been writing a lot about artificial intelligence lately.
1: And what is it that, so is it similar in the, you know, you talked about space being like a, an area where you can be like both big and small. So is, is artificial intelligence and, and fantasy. Are those two things sit so like, what is it about those things that draws you to them? Is it the same kind of thing where you're allowed to play in terms of like scale? Um, or is it does it run deeper than that or yeah not necessarily deeper is there more to it than that
2: yeah I think um I mean I think the the like simplest answer and like maybe the least smart answer (laughs) is that like it's just more interesting to me yeah right like I'm even when I'm a reader like uh you know like if it's like you know Bob woke up and he was sad today, and he thought, maybe I'll leave my wife. I'm like, God, you know, I'm already hitting, like, this snooze button. But if it's, like, Bob woke up and was kidnapped by an alien, and a robot took his place, and Bob was like, oh, no. You know, even if Bob still thinks he's going to leave his wife in the story, like, even if it's still, like, one of those sort of stories, it's just, like, infinitely more interesting to me to, like, ask those questions, through, like, a slight, like, a kaleidoscope Mm -hmm, lens mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, of, like, this, like, sci-fi premise, right? If it's, like, Mm. Bob is replaced by an artificial intelligence and then he leaves his wife, that's way more (laughs) interesting to me (laughs) than him leaving his wife because he's sad. Um, Right. And so, like, that's part of it. And then I also think that part of it is... um, I've said this before... um, to may- maybe to all of you and and I think probably in other interviews. Sure. But um, but one of my professors said, and I actually recently found out. I think that he's quoting David Foster Wallace.
0: But oh well. Um, and he. <laughs> Your he, professor was David Foster <laughs> Wallace. <laughs> no, He was not.
2: Uh, but like um, but he would uh, he would always say like you know does this story. Teach you a little bit more about what it means to be a human being on mm-hmm. planet Earth right now. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes think that there's like no other genre more suited to like teach you about being a human than like science fiction yeah. mm-hmm. that looks at like not human. Right. You know, like it's if you, it's in the contrast. Right. Like by nature, if you add a robot to a story, there's like what makes the robot not a human. Right. You now have to define what that mean like what, what yeah, human mean it's even, the same yeah, thing with the so whole zombie yeah. narrative kind right of thing, or aliens or
0: mm-hmm. whatever like yeah um, you gotta hold a mirror in some way yeah so part i love it i think it's thematically yeah. really rich
1: i love that i think that's really interesting especially because i i think one of the things that turned me off of fiction a little bit was reading all of those stories i think is it called like literary fiction that like yeah like very realism. like hoity it was taught to me in a way that made it come across as hoity-toity. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's always, like, some dude, like, who's also a writer, you know. It's like Bob so, leaving his mm-hmm. wife. Yeah, Bob leaving right. his wife. Or, like, Bob, middle-aged Bob, like, having a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about Bob. Like, I feel like this is a
0: personal attempt.
1: Uh, no, but you don't <laughs> write about Bob. You write about, like, you write from the perspective of women. Anyway, I don't know. I actually don't Do know I? enough about your work. But, I, but like, that's, to me – just profoundly uninteresting. Like, mm-hmm. I think there, a, there are enough narratives about middle-aged white dudes doing middle-aged white dude mm-hmm. stuff, and so I think it's really refreshing to have... Um, and I think that maybe, like, culturally, there's a bit of a renaissance happening for oh, yeah. fabulous writing and um, Afrofuturism and things, yeah. like, where these other narratives are being told um, that are, like, much more interesting also to me. And I know that that's some of that's personal taste, but, yeah, I just... I really love that, and I I am excited to see more people doing that, and that becoming yeah. more popular in like the the cultural um, imagination. Because I think it's just so I don't know, um, it's just, like you said, it's just more interesting, or it's just more mm-hmm. compelling, and it um, is doing. I mean, even if you're even if even if it's true that we're all telling the same story over and over again, like there's no such thing as a new story, you know, there's no such thing as a new creation. Like the least you can do is like make it fun while right. you're doing it so yeah. um yeah i think that that's great basically that's just me telling you how much <laughs> i like your work thank you <laughs> um
0: yeah cool. cool well do you want to tell us a little bit about your novel that you're working on right now um before we or whatever project it is that you wind it on down now? yeah because i'm curious about it i just know oh, a yeah. little bit about it um, but it's not about space
2: it's not about space uh, it is about robots would be the quickest way to say it um, robots yeah and um like art like it's not <laughs>
1: stephanie the hype man for here right? <laughs> robots robots oh, ro- robots <laughs>
2: uh, just follow me around and like anytime i talk about my novel just like pop up over my shoulder. <laughs> <She's> like,
0: robots <laughs> robots um, i only yeah. want to read about robots
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it is it's sort of about this um yeah it's like uh this sometimes i think about it as like a like a Pinocchio story or like a Frankenstein story. Yeah. Um, but it's about this boy, this man, young man, he's 24, um, who, he's a boy. He's a boy. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't want you to call him a boy. Mm, okay. But, uh, okay. it's about this, um, this young person and he recently finds it, like he's, he exists in a world in which like robots live as, as people would, mm-hmm. would live. Um, and there's a lot of stigma against that in this world. Um, and he recently finds out that he is one of these robots, mm. despite like having believed for his entire life that he was a human. And so he's like sort of spiraling and he's Whoa, freaking out yeah. and, and he's like, I just sort of want to be a, a real boy and um, <laughs> yeah. And you Is know. this the
1: story that has the that you where you were pulling the sheep narrative from? Or is this yep. like, yeah, the okay. sheep narrative is in there, yeah. It's, so he lives
0: on a farm. Gotcha. And, uh, okay. Farming robots. Yeah yeah cool. it is very, it's, it's very 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 silly yeah it's a very specific amazon search <laughs> for your novel <laughs> right i
2: feel very silly Farming. It's like A kind of a really rural yeah. story yeah. And agriculture also it's like
1: science fiction i, I love, love that that's so cool. yeah. yeah i think yeah. that's great because um, that's not often um like yeah. a location that we get it's always like a yeah. big city or so something he's like saving sheep
2: and like rounding up loose chickens <laughs> and then also being like what does it mean that I'm a robot? <laughs> having an existential crisis. Yeah. yeah.
1: In a tr- in truly a very human way if he's having an
0: existential crisis right.
1: maybe he's human after all.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's are awesome. Are we human? Yeah. Or are we robot? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. For is that the out. title of your novel? It that should, should be. be. <laughs> it should be. Yeah. It's still
2: very
1: much in progress. It should be like one of those uh, birthday cards where you like open the flap and it (laughs) sings you the (laughs) song. Congratulations, you're not who you
2: thought you
1: were.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, it's still very, very much in progress. Um, I'm only about like halfway through it. Do you plan on in a first draft? So,
1: um, do you plan on continuing like working on that in your PhD? Will that be your project? You think or yeah?
2: In my wildest dreams, I could get a draft done. in my PhD, before it was time to do a dissertation, mm-hmm. um, but in my most realistic dreams, the novel will probably be my dissertation. Dissertation,
1: yeah. Okay, cool. Nice. Well, um, so I think the only thing left to talk about is um, what, where can, you, where can we find you? Where can you be found online? We'll put all this in the um, podcast description, but.
0: Yeah, we read your. Um, for the people. Astounding list of publications. Okay. Um, Remind
1: us. Are you? Do you want to give out your Twitter? Do you want to give out your?
2: Yeah. So I have a website, and it's just my name. It's like www.samanthaedmonds.com, um, and like all of my stories are like linked, linked there. there. So there's like stories
0: and mm-hmm. essays.
1: Awesome.
2: Um, very professional. A lot of uh,
0: from beautiful stories all the way down to BuzzFeed listicles. Right. I yes. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Some of my freelance. She work really is does also do it all, there. folks.
2: Um, yeah. That's my. Uh, my path to the Pulitzer. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, like what Avenger <laughs> teacher like are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Avengers. Um, but yeah, so yeah, my website is the fastest and easiest way. It's all linked there. Cool. Um, I've got some stories online, <laughs> um, but I my Twitter I think is is at Sam under Edmonds one twenty two, and I sometimes tweet. Sometimes.
0: But yeah, all my cool. animal pictures are now on facebook oh gotcha don't friend her on facebook you don't know her It's <laughs> <That's> true <laughs> unless you do know her
1: <laughs> in which case hopefully you're already friends with her but. um okay great well so thank you for being here thank you for Thanks being for having here. me is yeah. so fun
0: and if anyone wants to contact the podcast you can email us at podcast at Mm gmail.com
1: and we're also on instagram and twitter and our handle is sfd podcast so you're welcome to follow us in fact please follow us um that's where you'll get updates about um, when we post an episode to go live um probably some behind the scenes pictures Mm -hmm. definitely Um, of our cats definitely pictures of our cats in fact Mm -hmm. if you really want a lot of pictures of cats um, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at mm-hmm. Brinzi, because that's where she I She does
0: actually post my cat more than yes. I do. So, yes. yeah, really just am, follow her. Like, don't worry about me. I'm the cat. I'm okay. The I'm <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think that's it. Do you want to promo your personal Twitter? and?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm at Steph, uh, knees. <laughs> knees. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say it like that, yeah. or otherwise, like, um, can knees, it doesn't make sense. Steph uh, or you know, K Steph Acne, e. as someone called me in <laughs> Steph- in college, because they don't and know how mean. to read. Mm, funny. Okay. Um,
1: cool. Well, um, yeah, go follow us. Go um, read some more of Sam's awesome work, and let us know what you think. Yeah. Rate.
0: Subscribe. Comment. Like. Comment. Like. <laughs> thumbs up. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>